A Duff Said is brought to you by Sheldon Street Pizza. Visit them online at SheldonStreetPizza.com or stop by Sheldon's during your next trip to Lake Orion. Sheldon Street Pizza, the official pizza of A Duff Said. And by Fourth Coast Cider Works, quality craftsmanship, quality hard cider. You can check them out online at FourthCoastCiderWorks.com. Not available for anyone under the age of 21. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to the best local sports podcast in Michigan, and that's a Duff Said. Thank you so much for hitting the play button on your favorite listening device of choice from wherever you listen to podcasts. My name is Duff Tyler, and that's a Duff set. Now, that voice you heard prior to mine is WEYI and WSMH Television Sports Director Sam Ali. Those two stations are commonly referred to as Mid-Michigan Now. Sam Ali has been in charge of the Mid-Michigan Now Sports Department for the last three years. Now, I myself, I worked in the Mid-Michigan Now Sports Department for six years, but I left prior to Sam's arrival. But he has done a great job running that department, and that's despite being the only person in the Mid-Michigan Now Sports Department. If you've ever noticed on local television stations, they usually have two or three people there. you got a weekend person, and then you've got a guy who's live during the sports highlights. Sam pretty much does it all by himself. And he's doing a phenomenal job, despite the fact that the sports scene here in Michigan, especially here in the month of January, has been crazy. Michigan just won the national championship in college football, and the Detroit Lions are one win away from the Super Bowl. The universe is scheduled to implode any day now. Nobody could have imagined those two things happening in the same month, let alone the same year or even the same decade. But Sam has been covering those teams as well as the local high school teams in the mid-Michigan area. And getting back to Michigan's win for the national championship, if you have not seen how Sam Ali presented the highlights shortly after the Wolverines won the national championship, go check them out on his Facebook page, Sam Ali Sports. In fact, if you want to, you have my permission to hit pause right now on this podcast Go to his Facebook page. Again, that's Sam Ali Sports. Take a look at how he presented those highlights and then come back to the show so you can hear Sam and I's discussion on how he put those highlights together. Now, I have always said anyone truly invested in a nationally televised sporting event probably isn't clicking over to see how the local sports team in their area covered that game. But as local broadcasters... We really do owe it to you, the viewers, to do so. But Sam could not make it to Houston to be there live, and he could not show the highlights from the game because of broadcast rules. We'll get to that. So he decided that the next best thing to present those highlights was to use drawings and an almost cartoon-like description of the plays. Again, you have my permission. Hit pause on this podcast. Go to his Facebook page, Sam Ali Sports, check out the highlights, and then come back to this podcast because I caught up with Sam recently to discuss how those highlights wound up capturing the attention of several national media outlets. My conversation with Sam Ali 
starts now. Now, Sam, for people that don't understand how broadcast TV rules work, start off by explaining why you had to resort to using illustrations for your highlights of Michigan winning the national championship instead of the traditional highlights that we're used to seeing on TV. So you'll usually see um, news stories about the, uh, it used to be millions, but now it's billions of dollars that these networks are spending to have exclusive rights to broadcast these games. Uh, The same goes for the streaming platforms that you've heard about, Amazon, Peacock, and all that. So ESPN has the exclusive rights to the college football playoff, meaning they want you know, your eyes to be on their channel when you're watching the game. They limit what you can shoot even when you're at uh, – for those in Houston, they were very limited to what they, can, what they can shoot. Only a few select people get to even shoot the game. So that's the, that's the case. You have to wait until the entire broadcast is done. The trophy celebration, interviews, the studio show, everything. It has to be completely off the air and sports centers next for us to air anything on there. And another thing to know is only a specific uh, amount we are allowed to air. I think it's about maybe two minutes or two and a half minutes combined that we're allowed to air. So it's it's just that exclusivity where the you know these networks only want you to watch this game only want you to see it on their uh, airwaves so you knew going in that there was probably a good chance that you were not going to be able to have any highlights to talk about during your sportscast but you still want to talk about Michigan winning the natty you have to have that as part of your sportscast cuz that's obviously the biggest story in Michigan going on at that time so what was your thought process going into how you were going to cover that in that night's sportscast? The idea was we needed to have something different because um, for reasons above my pay grade, we weren't able to be there in Houston to have uh, any kind of coverage from there. So I needed to find a way to have us stand out when I felt like we were proverbially in the dark. So that's when I thought I was actually initially going to do something with AI, but I just couldn't figure it out. I was just putting in the prompt. The pictures looked weird. So I figured, hey, Microsoft Paint, I could draw them. I was going to draw them on a piece of paper and then put it up to the camera, but then I didn't know how the lighting would work, the focus. I said, "This, the Microsoft Paint, is just the best way to do it and uh clearly that's that's what people what people loved about it now you did a great job with these illustrations it's very funny cartoonish looking uh, drawings on the screen but not only that but they really did no pun intended on this one they really did paint the picture as to what happened there so you really put some thought into this and you gave these illustrations the life that is if somebody was actually watching the game like at one point you had donovan edwards waving at a uh, washington player as he's on the ground and he scores that second touchdown you got the jj mccarthy and blake Corum holding the rings and then in perfect timing as if you were doing this in real time, keeping up with what was going on, you had Jim Harbaugh holding the trophy. I mean, in some ways, I think we kind of knew that was going to happen, if you believe the odds makers. But you captured everything so well. 
How much time did it take to do each illustration? The first one, the first Donovan Edwards touchdown was the toughest because I went into it thinking it would just be stick figures. And that's kind of how it started, just simple stick figures. And I had him and I had the Washington player. And then I looked at it and I was like, ah, you know what? I got to put helmets. I got to put helmets, uh, you know, and then color them so that you know who is who. So I did that. And I'm like, ah, you know what? The helmets make them look like they just these two big headed, you know, characters. I got to put jerseys and then put jerseys. Ah, I got to put numbers. And then it just snowballed and, and snowballed into more. And then I just became enamored with it with the detail that I wanted to put into it. And once I had that first one down where I knew what I wanted the jerseys to look like, I knew what I wanted the, you know, bodies to look like, then each one was easier. Fun fact, the last two, the JJ McCarthy, Blake Corum, and then the Jim Harbaugh one, those last two weren't a part of our 10 o'clock newscast. We have a 10 o'clock newscast on Fox and I only had up until the uh the interception by will johnson in the third quarter so then when we finished our 10 o'clock um blake it was at 10 45 blake quorum was already scoring his first touchdown in the fourth quarter so i'm sitting there and i'm just like ah oh, i can't run this same thing in the in our 11 o'clock on nbc and i was like oh geez i gotta update this and that's when i finished right at 11 o'clock and i ran back to my desk and then I drew J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum, and I had just seen that picture on Twitter. I was just like, I don't know what I want it to look like. And I saw that picture, just put it in my head, and I drew it. And as, as I'm finishing that one, I'm telling you, Duff, I have a TV next to me, and I'm looking, and, and Jim Harbaugh's holding up the trophy. And I'm like, that's going to be the last one. And then, boom, drew that one real quick, got it in time to be on air for our 11 o'clock uh, newscast on NBC. When I saw this the next morning, I, I immediately flashed back to some of the other sportscasters who I've seen similar things in the past because there's always been those times in local TV history when there just wasn't a way to get highlights. I've seen people do like stick figures, like you said, or they try to illustrate things. But I think this was the first time I ever saw somebody really get creative with cartoons. So you were like really on top of this. And when did you first discover that you had this talent where you could draw this and get it into something that you could incorporate onto television? I think you're giving me way too much credit to, <laughs> to say that it's a talent. I like, I don't know. I just, just kind of just draw stuff. Um, and I really didn't put that much like thought into it. Honestly, like there are some people who, I don't know if they're saying it facetiously, but this is a masterpiece. This is the greatest thing. Maybe that just is uh, indicative of the artistic abilities of, of people today in our country that that was like, I didn't think it was actually really good at all. I thought that was the most endearing part of it. The almost the cartoonish like sloppiness of it. I felt like that was the most endearing part of it so i mean i i'd hate to be like well i you know i'm i minored in art in college or something i don't want to give myself any kind of credit i was just like let me put some circles let me put some boxes some smiley faces some frowns and 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 let's move along and that's i, I again that's what i felt like was the most endearing part was people were just like wow this looks like an 11 year old drew it 
I'm giving you too much credit. I a lot of people gave you credit for this. Dude, you went viral for this. You had sites like Awful Announcing and Sports Illustrated talking about this the next day and they're calling you and wanting to talk to you about this. Did you ever imagine when you're putting this all together that amongst all the many conversations that people were having the next day about Michigan winning the national championship, they're also talking about this sportscaster in Flint, Michigan, who drew cartoons of the highlights. Could you have ever imagined that this would have captured the attention of so many people? I was under the impression that this would be something that was going to be uh, viral locally. I thought just here in the mid-Michigan area, in Ann Arbor, maybe a little bit down in Detroit, where, haha, we'll just kind of talk about it, just be a little blurb. Never, ever did I think it was going to explode like this and that there was going to be, you know, you know, CNN asked uh, if they could use the clip. Um, ESPN asked if they could use the clip, which I do want to mention the irony of that. Doc. OK, they're so the ones that the, made it possible exactly. for you to do this in the first place with their rules. <laughs> I just, I hope to God they really, and I know, you know, the person at the assignment desk, the person running social media is not, you know, part of those decisions, but I thought it was hilarious that ESPN, the the reason, you know, the, the broadcast rules, the reason that I couldn't use their highlights, now they wanted to, to you know, get, get a piece of this and get a piece of the action and the virality of, of these highlights. Viral moments like this, Sam, they happen all the time in television and specifically in the news business like you and I have been a part of. And sometimes this can either be good or it can be bad. Fortunately for you, this wasn't like a boom goes a dynamite situation. People <laughs> reacted extremely favorably to this. I, I expected some people to like stick their noses up at it, but everybody seemed to love what you did. And it had such a positive vibe for the station and for you in particular, because I think a lot of people understood why you had to do this the way it went down. And now that you've gotten all this attention and this went viral, what are some things that you're hoping this will do for you and mid Michigan now moving forward? I'm, I'm just hoping that um, it kind of just brings a little more attention, not only to our station, but local television and that it is a problem that I'm not allowed to show the highlights. Like it's a big issue and it shouldn't have to be something that um, we have to like go through hoops, pull up Microsoft paint, um, you know, find all these solutions because at the end of the day, um, and I know ESPN doesn't care about this, but like it's all you're doing is limiting the, the viewership to, to, you know, these smaller communities, relatively speaking, not saying that, you know, oh, like, you know, the Flint Saginaw area. I mean, there's a lot of people here, but relatively speaking, it's a small community and limiting who can see the highlights, who can get updated. Some people, you know, we uh, we've all heard about the, you know, the cord cutting that's been happening in the last decade. Some people don't have ESPN. Some people don't have Twitter, Facebook, or on social media and just happen to turn on if it's our station or someone else in, you know, in our market, you know, they want to get a quick update on what's going on with Michigan and to limit people 
and to not let people be able to show those highlights, uh, they're only hurting themselves ESPN. But at the end of the day, you know, multi-billion dollar corporation, they've, you know, in my opinion, kind of lost touch with, you know, the, you know, the casual fans, you know, the small market fans. And, you know, all they really care about is just, you know, who's, you know, the fans in New York, Dallas, you know, L.A. and stuff. So there really needs to be more attention on that, that there are fans in different areas, you know, and, and they don't have to be in the top five markets in the country. And you're going to have to deal with that again here in a couple months with the NCAA men's basketball tournament and CBS and their exclusive rights to it. So that's going to make it harder for you to show U of M or Michigan State if they happen to get into the tournament. And then, of course, you're going to have to deal with your own situation being an NBC affiliate with the Olympics because they have these crazy broadcast windows too. So it it really does impact what you can do when you're trying to show these highlights that they're putting out there for people, because there is a connection there at the local level. I don't think that they really realize when they're talking about the, the local guys who are trying to show what's happening there just as much as they are. It's one of those things where it's like, if you want to truly to continue to grow the sport, the, you know, people in New York, they're going to watch football people in Chicago, they're going to watch football and, you know, in Dallas and all these big markets, um, you would think that at, at the surface level, you would want to continue to grow the sport in these smaller communities, in these rural communities. Uh, again, with people who might not have ESPN, might not be on social media, all it is, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to continue to be that medium for these big, you know, uh, corporations that are broadcasting these games and it's up to them if, if they want to play ball. And, you know, as we've recently seen, they, you know, kind of kind of don't care, honestly. I want to circle back now to something you said just a minute ago, because um, decisions, like you said, above your pay grade were made that prohibited you from getting a chance to actually go down to Houston and be a part of this. The competing station in the market, the ABC affiliate, I saw that they did send people down there. And they do a good job of covering sports in the other two stations, the CBS affiliate and ABC affiliate in the Flint-Saginaw area. But they have an advantage over you in that those departments are a little bit bigger than yours. You just run the sports department by yourself. You have been flying solo ever since you got there. But you still have been able to really capture people's attention with the work you've done with the sports shows that you do, with the local highlight shows for football and basketball during the regular season. And you've done a great job of covering uh, the local teams as well with Michigan, Michigan State, and uh, the Detroit teams. How have you been able to manage that workload? Because that can be very stressful in our environment. Uh, I've done shows on the past about how stressful working in television is. You would never know it just by watching the product that you put out every night. It's one of those things where you have to have uh, a, a hierarchy. You have to have kind of like a priority pyramid and you really got to be true to it because at the end of the day, um, we are serving the mid-Michigan area. Flint, Saginaw, Bay City, In the Thumb, Midland, um, and, and the surrounding areas and communities at the end of the day they are you know the, the most important uh, our viewership um the entire market does not leak into ann arbor 
it doesn't leak into Lansing, doesn't leak into Detroit. So they they have to be secondary as much as, you know, it's, you know, the big game, this, the championship and everything. There has to be a little bit more thought put into it. Whereas, uh, for example, last season, when the Corona football team makes it to the championship, it's without a doubt we're going to be there. Uh, last season, when the Beecher Boys basketball team, when the Frankenwood girls basketball team, when they're at the Breslin Center, we're going. No matter where the champ, they could have played the championship up in the UP. I'm driving seven hours, and I'm going to cover that game because that's our number one priority. When it comes to the colleges, when when if we can get to the Chrysler Center, we can get to the Brez to cover one of their games for the Spartans or the Wolverines. We'll give it a shot. Same thing with um, Michigan and Michigan State football. And same thing with the Lions. It's just whenever we can, we'll we'll make a concerted effort, especially for those big games. But it's local, local, local here. That's the number one priority. If I'm running, you know, Red Wings and Pistons highlights all night, no one's going to know who I am. No, I'm not going to have any connections within the community. And no one's going to watch. That's the truth. I love that. That is such a great answer. And I especially like what you said about if that game's in the UP, you're going to be headed up the Mackinac Bridge to go cover it. That reminds me of the time that I was there, and I had such a passion for covering the local teams. And you're right, that is the bread and butter of what you do, because high school sports matter more than people realize. And sometimes people might want to forsake all of that in favor of watching Red Wings, Lions, Pistons, and Tigers highlights are checking out what Michigan's doing. But I love the fact that you still have that passion for the local kids because that was pretty much what I did when I was working at the station. I'm glad to see that you're continuing the tradition there. But I do want to bring up the fact that this has been a week for you unlike any that I had in the whole six years that I was there. Not only did you get a chance to talk about Michigan winning the national championship, But this past Sunday night, you were at Ford Field, and you were there to cover the Lions' first playoff win in 32 years. Probably an atmosphere that was the craziest, loudest, most electric crowd Ford Field has ever had. What has this last week been like for you, just covering this as a sportscaster and being able to connect the fans in your market to what's been happening in in Michigan over these past several days? I mean, uh, overwhelming is maybe the the probably best way to do it. Like the amount of success that the local area has had in the last week or so has been unbelievable. And, you know, again, going back to the local aspect, there are, you know, local connections. There are people who are, you know, going down and have that connection with the Lions and 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 their fan base and what they were able to do. Um, we just recently found out that the, uh, the the crying Lions fan, the guy who was on camera, uh, he's from uh, he has, his family's from Burton, from right here, right in our own backyard. Just so, just to show you that you can find that connection with so many people, and there were so many watch parties that were going on in you know in Mid Michigan. Um, at the end of the day, you know I'm. Not the type I'd love to. You, you, me and you, we can sit down. We could break down the X's and O's, and we could talk about red zone defense, uh, you know, and and special teams and how that helped the Lions beat the Rams. But at the end of the day, we're trying to hit a broader audience. We're trying to, you know, have the casual viewer be a, be 
interested in the sports cast because as soon as I start, you know, breaking down yards per route run, they're going to zone out. They're not interested in that. My angle that I um, ended up going with was that atmosphere, was that these players who have played in so many big games, you know, Jared Goff played in a Super Bowl and still said that that wild card game was one of the biggest, greatest atmospheres he has ever played in. And that's the angle. That's the human angle that I tried to hit on. And, you know, that's the way you keep people connected, even with a national story like the Detroit Lions. Now, I know you're not the biggest Detroit Lions fan, but you did grow up in Metro Detroit. You're from the Dearborn area. You know, what has this been like to experience for you as a local guy who has seen what this city has gone through, struggling year after year to try to cope with the Lions, always finding a way to lose? What's it been like just to see this whole past couple of weeks and really the season in general unfold the way it has? Uh, it's probably been like, I'd say, a fever dream. It's just we have seen, like, all the hope. We've had off seasons where, like, this is our year. This is it. This is going to be it. This signing, this draft pick, this strong end to a season. And even in the midst of this, you know, record-breaking season, I have friends who keep saying, all right, when – when is that that moment? When is this all going to come crashing down? And some people thought it was the Dallas game, that that was just going to be like the, the, the downfall. This was going to lead to the Pistons, or excuse me, the Lions, uh, kind of, you know, just taking a dip and probably, you know, busting out of the first round. And they're just proving us wrong. Us, you know, us millennials who went through, you know, Barry Sanders, you know, faxing in his retirement, went through, you know, Owen 16 went through Calvin Johnson just up and leaving. Um, and, and to see this, I'm, I'm telling you, let's, hopefully we uh, we don't wake up from this one because it's been it's been such a fantastic ride. Yeah, you just threw out the Pistons. I think that they were the ones that were sacrificed <laughs> in order to make all of this happen. <laughs> I actually saw something the other day where one of the local politicians in Lansing just listed like, you know, it's never happened before where our party has controlled all three branches of government and look what it did for the Lions. And then I responded back, yeah, but what did you do to the Pistons in return for all of that? So yeah, it has been a crazy season. I don't know how many times you've had the Pistons in your highlight shows lately talking about their losing streak. I have i so you know a highlight you put up the highlight and you go okay kate cunningham jump shot first quarter and all that most of the time i'm putting up a pistons highlight and i'm just talking over it and not even referencing the game and basically just kind of just like yeah you know uh today man i had this like really good grilled cheese sandwich it was just <laughs> so good because i feel like that information is more valuable to the viewers uh, then whatever the you know whatever twenty point loss the Pistons ended up having, it's one of those things where you're just kind of having fun with it. Um, but I mean, they're it's just a mess over there, and that it's even sad because again, going back to you know you know people my age, you know we grew, you know grew up you know watching the going to work Pistons, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, you know Chauncey Billups, you know 04 championship. And to see that 
they've gone to this. Like, it's one thing where you're, like, struggling to get in the playoffs, but you're talking about one of the worst franchises in all of sports, not just the NBA. Like, to see how they've fallen is – it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking, and the Pistons need to, like, send a check to the Lions and to thank them from getting uh, – diverting attention away from from what they've been doing this season. Yeah, maybe Tom Gorris can put on the memo of that check. This is the community stuff that we're doing that kind of erases <laughs> how bad we really are. I mean, speaking of selling things, you really sold me on that grilled cheese sandwich. I would much rather have that than have to sit through another Pistons game I, this I'm season. T- I would – I would I sit there and I'll just be like, you know, hey, what's the best flavor of Ben and Jerry's ice cream? And then I just talk about it for 30 seconds and the Pistons lost by 20. And then that's it. And just go with it. Just kind of, you know, people people would rather hear about that than, uh, you know, than to hear about the latest Pistons loss. Well, I can tell you're having fun with a job. And that is the most important thing, because when you work in local television, it's not about the glamour. It's definitely not the, the celeb life that uh, some people may have had this stigma attached to what they think an anchor person does. For a lot of us, you know, we're, we're kind of like blue collar workers in that we're not getting paid ridiculous salaries to do this job. But uh, it's all part of having fun and connecting the communities to the teams that they follow, that they watch, that they want to know more about. And for the last three years, you've been in the mid-Michigan area. How are you enjoying your time in the Flint, Saginaw, Bay City, Midland area? It has been an absolute blast. Um, more specifically, because, um, like you mentioned, I'm like I'm an hour away from home. Uh, my first job that I had uh, was up in the UP, and I was about seven, eight hours away from home. I would visit you know, maybe two or three years. And then after that, I moved all the way to Duluth, Minnesota. And it was once a year. It was once a year I would come, uh, you know, come see family and everything. So I think that's probably the biggest benefit and the biggest thing that um, I guess my family is, is, you know, my wife and three kids, that's the biggest thing that they love that we can go any weekend. We just go drive down and, and we're there and they can see, you know, grandma, grandpa, all their, you know, uncles and everything. That's kind of the biggest difference. And I guess I just kind of didn't realize how how big of a deal that would be and how big of a change that would be. And it's it's all because I'm here. Being out of the environment like I have been for nearly three years now, I can honestly say that some of the things you just mentioned are things that I took for granted when I was in that business. But now I enjoy it so much that when I think about Going back to TV, and I still do two TV things with uh, Sports Illustrated on the weekends uh, here on the side. But you know, having that connection, having that family time, and being able to do the job that you are very passionate about and you love so much, it makes it all worth it in the end. Now, one last thing that I have for you tonight, Sam. One question that I want to get out there because, as they say in our business, you're only as good as your next sportscast. So what are some things that you've got planned on the horizon that you, you know, you hope might become the next viral moment, or you might convince people that you should be the guy they're tuning into every night at 10 and 11. I mean, we will continue to cover, uh, you know, the, the, the lions and, and their run 
Um, I'm just so that everyone knows. Uh, I mean, hopefully it'd be great if they just, you know, if they won their game this weekend, Packers pull off an upset, and then we're talking about the NFC Championship game at Ford Field. But, you know, talking to my bosses, if I have to go to uh, to San Francisco, I know my sister is out there, so I can go and visit her. So uh, just, you know, continuing to cover in, covering the Lions um, again whenever we can with the, you know, Pistons and the Red Wings. Uh, but, of course, the biggest focus is the basketball season right now for boys and girls. Um, it's it's really hard. Once you think, like, a team is going to be the team to beat, and then all of a sudden, you know, another team comes in and picks up the win. So I really couldn't even tell you who is the favorite on on, on either end, on any division, and I think that's what's making this season so much fun is that we really don't know what's going to happen and it's you know anyone's given night and i think i'm really really excited about that and you know showing some love to to hockey powers uh boys hockey they're having a great season as well defending their championship um hopefully they can make it back to plymouth because that means i get to go to plymouth and you know after spending so long in, in Duluth, it's glad to see that I got here at a perfect time where, you know, we got a really good high school hockey team in the area. My man, I am so excited for all the fun that you're having right now. In fact, I'm envious of it because this is what it's all about, being able to connect the fans to these young players and to the teams that they love. And you're doing a phenomenal job at doing that. And I hope some people will actually tune in and check you out because you are doing the job that I wanted to do so badly in the Flint area. It didn't work out the way I had hoped it would, but I've had time to move on and process that. You were having a fun time doing that, and you're doing a great job at doing that, and I wish you all the best moving forward. Duff, I appreciate the kind words, man. I'm just going to have a blast, and every night, if, hey, if anyone wants to have fun with me, be sure to tune in. And that's a wrap on this edition of A Duff Said. Many thanks once again to Sam Ali for not only being our guest this week, but also being this week's guest announcer. Many thanks also go out to our great friends at Sheldon Street Pizza. Be sure to visit them at their Orion Township location, or you can look them up online at sheldonstreetpizza.com. And also big thanks to Fourth Coast Cider Works, you can visit them online at fourthcoastciderworks.com. If you would like to hear previous episodes of A Duff Said, then head to my website, aduffsaid.com. If you would like to become a subscriber to this podcast, all you have to do is head over to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can get updates on this show by visiting me on my Facebook page, Sports Journalist Duff Tyler, you can also hit me up at Twitter slash X. Just look for my handle, at Duff Tyler. All other announcements on this show are done by Steve Gale, the best high school sports public address announcer in the state of Michigan. As for myself, I'm Duff Tyler, reminding you that if Duff said it, it must be true, because that's what a Duff said. Thanks for listening, folks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs>